guys. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am I'm super excited. How are you guys doing? Today is a Monday. We have a uh, we're doing a special night of Touch by Prayer in light of the elections that are happening tomorrow. And just for those who aren't in the know, I voted. So if you have not voted, make sure that you go out and make sure that you go out and vote because it's really, really important. This election is so important. So go out, use your voice, go vote. Be, you know, there were people who laid down their life for that honor for you to go out and vote. So without further ado, I'm I'm super excited because I actually have Brett Barbary and he has written a book called The George Washington Carver Effect. I'm going to pull it up this way because it's just a lot easier for you guys to see. It's much more than peanuts. Well, what does that mean? That means that sometimes God will use people and there are prophets. There are so many times, especially in um, some of our historical figures, there are lots of people who are actually called and have been called prophets. I mean, we can, we can actually look at... Um, People said that Martin Luther King was a prophet because there were lots of things that he prophesied. And we we can look in, in different movements throughout history where God uses different voices. And I believe that that is something that actually happened. And during writing a book, um, my guest actually started to do a little bit of discovery with George Washington Carver. And he started to see some habits and he started to see some things that and he saw this back in 2008, but it gave him an insight about like how we can have a better prayer life and how we need to be praying for things in a, in a different way. But let me not talk about it. Let me bring up my guest, Rhett Barbary. Rhett, welcome to Touch by Prayer. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to talk about your your book. We're going to we're going to talk about like where we are in time, because I really believe that your book was written for such a time as this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been worth the wait, I tell you. And, and you got this revelation back in 2008, correct? That's correct. Started so, in 2008. And and it was because of another book. <laughs> See, yeah. God always does things. He, he does things and he, he kind of like <laughs> micromanages us in some ways where he's like, I'm going to give you an idea, but then I'm going to expand on it. But first, let me let you do a little bit of history. So, okay. so why don't you just kind of kind of talk about what like, what happened and how this came about? Um, I was teaching a youth group in uh, Talladega, Alabama, um, Baptist Church there. And uh, Talladega, that's where they have the Talladega 500. Everybody brings that up when I say Talladega. So that's the place. And um, I was, I was, it was going to be the last night that I actually taught youth group because we, me and my family were moving away. And um, I remember driving home from after work and I was actually thinking about what, food I was going to prepare for them. If you want young people to come, you know, you cook them up something good to eat, they'll, they'll show up. And once I had that settled in my mind, uh, driving down the road and I, I just, it dawned on me that I didn't have a lesson ready. And I, and I always had a lesson ready to teach on Wednesday nights. So I said a quick prayer, um, said, Lord, what am I going to teach? I don't have anything ready. What, what do you want me to teach them? And just a split second that I, I asked the Lord that, uh, of all things, what pops in my head, is a picture of the Bow Weevil Monument in Enterprise, Alabama. Now, um, a Bow Weevil, it's the only monument ever erected to an agricultural pest, probably the only monument ever erected to an insect that I know of. 
and it's in the, the small town in Alabama called Enterprise, and it was placed there in 1919. Um, now, for the, the people that don't know what a boll weevil is, uh, it's an agricultural insect that um, buries um, or creates a little hole in the cotton bowl, lays its eggs, and then when the eggs hatch, the, the young boll weevils eat the cotton fiber, and when the bowl opens up, there's no cotton left. Um, now, what's important about this whole thing is um, uh, cotton was the, the king. It was the king crop, the cash crop, um, just like it was during the Civil War into the early 1900s. It was still the, the all, mo all most important crop. Um, if you had um, uh, went to the bank and asked them for a loan, if you had a bell of cotton or two in your barn or whatever, you could use that as collateral. Um, if you wanted to borrow money, for farming, uh, they wanted to know what you were going to, you know, plant. Well, if it wasn't cotton, uh, the chances are you might not get the loan. So, um, anyway, so I thought to myself, uh, and what happened was that the the boll weevil decimated the cotton across the South, which it uh, really messed the economy up. It put the South into a, a depression. People lost their homes, their lands, and that type of thing. But out of all of that came a, a, a huge blessing because during this time, George Washington Carver um, early one morning was out up praying like he always did before daylight. Uh, he understood he was at Tuskegee Institute, which was which is in Alabama. And he asked the Lord, how can I best help the farmers? Which he was basically saying, how can I best help our economy? And the Lord told him, he said, gather up a handful of peanuts, take them into your laboratory, and we're going to see what we can make from them. Um, well, the rest is history, so to, so to speak. Uh, it just, it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, the comeback, the economic comeback that came out of the whole thing. It was a chain reaction of good fortune that began to happen. And so when I asked the Lord, you know, what I should teach, and he gave me the picture of the bow weevil monument, uh, you have to understand, I knew the, what he was trying to tell me, uh, a great story about overcoming adversity. And so, um, well, I got home. And I uh, got on the internet to kind of refresh my memory. I was reading and typing out the lesson. And I just felt like the Lord, the Holy Spirit was still trying to impress something on me. So uh, somewhere in the middle of that, I just kind of stopped and scooted my chair back and just listened. And uh, I knew then the Lord was impressing upon me that he wanted more than just a lesson for a youth group. He actually wanted me to write a book. And um, so that was in 2008. And um, I eventually came out with a book. Uh, thank God for bow weevils is the name of it. Um, but it was uh, something that the Lord, and I'm giving a lot away here. So uh, Lisa, if you want to jump in and, and take me down a different way, you know, then that's fine. <laughs> no, no. I think, I think that what's, um, what's very interesting is that, you know, that God is, is just doing things very, very different um, with a lot of different people right now. I, I see like how, because we we don't want to give too much of of the book away because right. <laughs> but because as you wrote that the first book you know when when God started to talk to you about this new book he started to give you more prophetic insight but he also had you show that that they were actually a culmination of of two of right. these two books into one so it's like two for the price of one so right. <laughs> if you get if you get that book you know you're getting two different books but I, what i wanted to to kind of talk to you because you and i kind of were were talking um like before we we came on 
and you were sharing some things about the importance of a prayer life and that he, that God has been showing you and been talking to you about the how we need to kind of go back. And you and I were kind of talking about how, how God was even talking to me because I shared that with you. I said, well, you know, God kind of shared the same thing. And, and he used somebody that you knew. And for me, he used somebody I knew where he used uh, the Martha Mary concept. He started to show you how that there was something that was so much bigger that there was a, uh, that there was a prophet that was inside of this man. So why don't you kind of share a little bit about that? Well, um, and, and I mentioned briefly that Carver, you know, we get up early every morning. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a habit of his. It was around, he would get up at four o'clock and then he would walk out into the woods lots of times down country roads um, and he would pray. No one else was up. Um, and that's the time that he spent time with God. Um, mm -hmm. And it could be directly just speaking to God or he could have been looking at, at something in the woods, flowers, trees, or whatever. He loved nature. Um, and he said that this was the time that he could best hear God speak to him because nothing was pulling, pulling at him. Uh, now, you know, 1915 or before that, uh, you know, we had telephones and stuff, but not like, like we have today. Uh, so, computers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm telling you, so it's real important that we get, you know, find a quiet place and go before God. And, uh, the way I, I do it is I'll, I'll read the Bible some, um, and then I'll begin to go, uh, you know, always journal, uh, make notes, uh, things that the Lord might impress on me. Sometimes it might be a verse that just jumps out totally at me. And I realize, hey, God wants me to deal with this right here or, or look into it. Um, sometimes he may give me a picture. Uh, he may give me a dream during the night and I, and I remember it and I write down some things about it. Um, the revelation to that dream, the meaning may come real quick or it may take a little while. But um, it's God wants to, I mean, it's like I, I remember writing in the book that Carver said, and he didn't actually say this, but uh, in so many words he did, that God actually gets goosebumps when he knows that his children are coming to meet with him. Oh, come on. That's such a good word. Yeah. Right there. That that's just such a good word. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that Jesus actually said when Mary was upset that that uh, excuse me, when Martha was upset that Mary was sitting by the feet of Jesus, he said, I'm not going to I'm not going to yell at her. I'm not going to scold her. I'm not going to to uh, tell her that her choice is better than what you're doing. Martha, you're busy. <laughs> you're allowing the world just to kind of take your time. But, but Mary is sitting at my feet and she's listening. She's spending time with me. And I believe that how else are we supposed to hear the voice of the Lord? But unless we start coming into communion with him. That's exactly right. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you a, a quick story. Sure. I, I had some issues with anxiety um, and I was trying to deal with those. And this was when I was probably about, 34, 35 years old. I'm, I'm 60 now. I have the body of two 30 year olds. I tell everybody, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there, there was something I remember I would try to get up early in the morning and have a quiet time and I couldn't sit still and, and listen to the Lord. And, um, I couldn't understand why I couldn't get quiet and still. And well, here's the thing. I would get up in the morning and I would drink four or five cups of coffee. Mm. Uh, caffeinated coffee and put sugar in it. I'd been doing that since I was four years old. And uh, the Holy Spirit began to impress upon me that um, I needed to give up caffeine and sugar. 
and uh, because of my anxiety issues. And so, I, you know, I, I remember telling the Lord, I said, you know, I, I hate to ask you for a sign, but, you know, I've been drinking coffee since I was four years old. So if you could give me a sign that I actually need to get off of this, I, I'd really appreciate it. Well, that, that night, um, I remember I always fixed my coffee pot at night. And then when I'd get up in the morning, I'd turn it on and go take a shower. And then when I got out, I had a pot of coffee. Well, I went ahead and fixed it that night. And uh, next morning, I turn, came in and turned it on, went and took a shower and came out. There was no coffee. Now, this is a coffee pot been working fine for every day for five years. And I remember unplugging it and plugging it into about four other places and still couldn't get any coffee out of it. Um, so that was my sign. And I gave up caffeine and sugar for quite some time until the Lord actually healed me of some anxiety issues. So that was one thing that I learned about being able to sit still and quiet because caffeine and sugar will actually magnify your anxiety and keep you from being able to sit still and quiet. Oh, come on. That's a word right there. Yeah. Like seriously. And, and isn't it interesting that everything that, um, causes us to be anxious that we will try to self-medicate by eating or trying to use something as a substitute. Mostly a lot of people who get stressed, stress eating, usually they, they crave sugar. So isn't yeah. it very interesting that the Lord took you away from those things? And, you know, he's been talking to a lot of people about their, um, what they're eating because it's really, yeah. really important because sometimes, you know, there are things that we're eating and drinking that God's like, yeah, I really don't want you to do that. Right. <laughs> I really don't want you to do that. And it's always because he has a, he has a bigger reason, you know? So, okay. So, so you stopped drink, drinking the coffee, you stopped taking the sugar, you know, and, and God was dealing with you and he lets you come back on, of course. But like what, when you're going through that process, it, you almost feel like, oh, because I'm bad, right? <laughs> you know, right? It's like, oh, oh, okay, Lord, I I've been abusing my body, or you know, and and the reality is, is that God just is like, no, no, I want to heal you. It's not that I want to punish you, and I think that is is really a beautiful testimony because he didn't, he gave it back to you when you were able to handle it, but but right. he in the process, he said, no, no, I want you to to kind of come away from there. And, and, you know, now what I try to do is um, I drink decaf coffee, uh, uh -huh. people call it unleaded. Yeah. And, and then instead of using sugar, I use monk's fruit, which is oh, a, yes. a very good sugar substitute. You can't yep. take the difference between sugar and nope. monk's fruit. No, and it's actually and, healthy for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, zero calories and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I try to use that. And um, so I get to drink something hot in the morning and have that enjoyment. Mm -hmm. But uh, the thing about it, Lisa, was um, that was the first time in my life where I was able to to be able to sit still, to hear God speak to me. Um, and he also um, used my imagination as a window to show me things. Mm. And in my, in my early morning quiet times, uh, the way I would do it is read my Bible, pray. And then I would come to a point where I'd say, Lord, if there's anything you want to show me or tell me, then I, I want to sit here and listen. And he would begin to use my imagination to show me scenarios. And uh, I'm telling you, this was tough to do because the human body, the humans, we're not used to sitting that still and quiet and to let God show us something. You know, I guess that's one reason why he speaks to us in dreams where we won't resist it. <laughs> you know, 
Um, <laughs> but I was able to sit still and the things the Lord showed me were just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. It changed this Baptist boy. <laughs> um, well, you also talk about in your book, you do talk about how God even was dealing with you with uh, generational things, because sometimes yeah. there are generational issues that kind of come up that yes. need to be dealt with. And we don't necessarily there are a lot of Christians who don't believe in this. However, well, one of the one of the people that you actually mentioned was Robert Henderson, whom I I happen to really like and enjoy and, mm -hmm. and agree with a lot on a lot of things so let let's kind of talk about because you know it that's like a very i don't want to say it's controversial but it's definitely something that i believe that when we hear the stories of of the um the way that god uses things and shows things because you know right. there's that scripture that says my people perish for lack of knowledge yes and you know what happened to me and what I shared in there was what happened is actually an accident that my grandfather witnessed uh, when he was uh, 19 years old. And uh, it was before my dad, my dad was the oldest. Um, it was before my dad was born, but my grandfather uh, witnessed his little brother getting healed, hit and killed by a truck uh, one day. And the, um, the result of that, he was unable to grieve. He, he blamed himself because he was there. And then he also blamed God and he, he, uh, so he wasn't able to properly grieve all of that out. He, he was angry at himself and he was angry at God and in his life, uh, these things, this anger would come out. Um, it might be toward my grandmother. It might be toward my dad or my dad's brothers or my, or his sister. And, um, it was amazing that, um, it was during these times of, of quiet times that I was, uh, talking about that I had the most vivid dream I ever had in my entire life. And, I, and I'm not going to spoil it because you just have to read about it. But the Lord showed me in that dream uh, that it had to do with that accident and how uh, the way the effect it had on the way he raised his family and then turned the way my dad raised me and uh, the effect it had. So it was in our bloodline. It was in a, it was a generational curse that the Lord wanted me to be free of. And he set me free and I stood up for my entire family and I forgave my grandfather. Now I didn't have anything personally myself against my grandfather. I was close to him. I uh, loved him to death. He took us hunting and fishing. I didn't see the side of him that my dad saw, you know? Um, and I didn't, I didn't have no idea. I knew that accident had happened, but I had no idea how much it affected his life. Um, so these generational curses and, and they can go further back than a grandfather. Um, and I remember hearing about Mark Taylor, if, if anybody's read his book, the, the Trump prophecies, he had some issues. That I he love, was going I, through. I just love that. Yeah, yeah. I really like, I do. I love him. I think he's great. So go yeah, ahead. He, he had, uh, some issues that he dealt with that, uh, and that just, he wouldn't get set free from. And it finally ended up being uh, having to do with uh, an uncle of his that was in the Masonic Lodge oh. and who had taken blood oaths against his family, which Mark being one of the family. That's and, right. And, and it was once they prayed through that, then he was uh, that's when his health, physical health, psychological health got so much better. Um, I'm telling you, just so everyone knows. There's a reason like in the Bible where you read the generational, you have the names that you read in there. 
Yeah. God knows who these are. Satan knows who they are also. And if he can affect, infect, and then affect the bloodline, that he's going to do it. So, mm. um, and it's going to have a, it's going to have an effect, you know, through the generations. These are things that God wants you to be set free from. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing too is, you know, God did not, God said that he is our provider. We were not created to be poor. And that's one of the things about your book. You know, you said that it was, it was that a thought that God said that you weren't expecting. And it said that, that this story, that, that this story is going to affect the economy of the United States. Can you kind of share something about that? Yeah. Um, so the, the book, thank God for bow evils. I was, uh, I remember, um, was riding on a riding mower in the backyard, cutting grass. And I was contemplating how I was going to write George Washington Carver into this story. Um, and while I was doing that, I heard, just heard the Lord tell me, he said, this story will have an effect on the economy of the United Well, I wasn't arguing with the Lord, but I, I was confused. And I said, Lord, I said, how is, would growing peanuts have an effect on our economy in this day and time? I said, even the South is much more industrialized than it used to be. And he didn't answer me. As a matter of fact, uh, he didn't answer me for 10 years. And um, so the book, Thank God for Bow Weevils came out in, in 2012. Um, I did everything that I usually that an author would do trying to promote their book and uh, book signings and interviews and press releases, different things like that. And I just the, while the book was was popular, it just never did gain national attention, uh, so to speak. And so I was a little confused about that. And um, um, it was in 2018. I remember being in my office and I was rereading that section in the book about Carver coming up with all the uses for peanuts, but more, more than that, how he would get up early every morning and pray. And I heard the Lord tell me in 2018, he said, it's not about growing peanuts. It's about prayer. And when he told me that I felt about two inches tall. And uh, the reason being is because I love so much about George Washington Carver and the kind of man that he was and um, I knew that he was a, a man of prayer, um, but I didn't I didn't think about it. I, I just thought, well, you know, some God's going to use peanuts again or something, you know, to somehow bring the economy back. But the Lord told me that day or he impressed upon me the reason why he had not said anything else to me in those 10 years is because there were certain things he needed to get put into place. And one of those things was Donald Trump. And when he when he told me that, uh, showed me that, I knew that it had to do with uh, how Trump understands free enterprise, capitalism. He doesn't owe anybody any favors. He knows how the banking systems work, um, the the Treasury Department, all, all these things. He's you know, he knows about them. And he he actually wants to free us up uh, commerce and, and uh, trade and get us into better trade deals, which he's already done. Um, so it's that's what the Lord was showing me in 2018 and, and I took these notes down, but I didn't know who to give them to. I mean, I, other than sharing with my wife and a few friends, I didn't know what to do about it. So until now. Right. And so, okay. So God wants us to be prosperous, right? Right. Cause right. that's, that's one of the things he says that I want you to prosper. You are supposed to prosper, you know, and that's one of the, um, one of the things that happened in the garden of Eden is that, you know, one of the curses was that we would have to earn our own keep, so to speak. 
But yet when Jesus came and Jesus was going to take all of that stuff and he was going to reverse the curse. See, I, that's where I believe. Oh, here it comes. Yeah. This is where I believe we are coming into a great reversal. Mm -hmm. I really believe that as the uh, tomorrow's um, tomorrow's election is established. And I'm going to say that I believe that we are going to have another four years of our current president. Um, but I truly, I believe that there is going to be a reverse of the curse because I do believe that there has been a curse that was placed upon us through some of the things that we, that we unknowingly came into agreement with some knowingly, some unknowingly, but we, because of the, the way that things were, were offered, the information, the limited information that was given, that right. we came into agreement with it. And I do believe that as the truth, because the truth is rising to the surface, I believe that as that truth rises up and people start to actually understand that there is going to become the um, a great reversal, because I do believe where it says that the, the transfer of the, the wealth of the wicked is being held up for the righteous, I do believe that that's coming, right? That there's yes. that exchange. But I don't believe it's just, I don't believe it's just financial. I believe it's every part of it. I believe it's in our prosperity, but I also believe it's in leadership. I think it's in influence. I think that everything is going to reverse and godly people like the, and we're going to talk about the hidden ones because you do talk about that, but we're going to talk about the, that God is going to to bring this this great exchange back to to the body to the ecclesia, which you and yes. I were kind of talking about. And as far as the economy goes, it's not that we that it's going to be a great economy. I think it's going to be a supernatural economy. Come on, yes, so, I agree with that. And it's one that that um, where we each posture our hearts. We're being called to posture our hearts, like George Washington Carver did. And ask God, you know, each one of us what we can do. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, then God will begin to reveal things to us. It may be um, a better way to run our household or extra money coming in for, for this or for that. It may be clipping coupons, I mean, you know, where you save $300 a, a month in groceries. Uh, but I think it's going to be even more, more than that. It's going to be new ways and ideas and innovations of, of how to do things maybe the way you invest your money. Um, also, uh, we, when we do this, we're praying for ourselves, we're, but we're also praying for those, like it's, it's gonna be a grassroots type thing, small business and grassroots, but then it's also going to affect the larger corporations. Um, but we, it's gonna be something where we won't have to count on Wall Street, so to, so to speak, or, or trickle down economics. This is gonna be from the, from the grassroots up. So, and we all know that small business is the backbone of our economy anyway. So, yeah, well, and that's why they've suffered the most, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I do want to talk about like something because, you know, one of the things about, you know, you write it in the front, <laughs> it was uh, more than just peanuts. But what, what I do love about that, that short little thing, and it, it's something that, well, that's what he had. God's going to use what you have especially what you have abundance of. And he's going to use that to start to, to grow something. Yeah. 
So it's it's like with Daniel. Daniel was a shepherd, but yet there were some stones and he became very, very efficient. He was very efficient and effective with the stones. He knew how to throw to use a slingshot. He knew how to kill a bear. He knew how to kill a lion just yep. with stones. And so he had something that was around him. And that's what God used to help him to actually to help to position him into a better place. And it's the same, it's kind of the same thing with George Washington Carver. You know, he he took something that he had a lot of and started to give him innovation as he went and spent time with them. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, it's gonna be very, very exciting. Um I think so. Sid, Sid Roth actually mentioned something about this and said it's gonna be like heaven on earth. Yes. So yes. You know, and it reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Of course, that, that's, I know a lot of that's talking about the ecclesia being set up, but also the riches and glory. You know, he gives us the keys uh, from heaven to yep. open the open the, uh, the treasure. So the, reveal the hidden pathways to us. That's yes. what he did to Carver. I mean, uh, I just wanted to interject, you know, when all that was going on and the bow weevil was eating up all the cotton, People were burning their fields, trying to trying to uh, do away with the bow weevil. They were spraying poison on it. Um, they thought that a, a a good freeze would, you know, stop them. They thought, well, certainly they're not going to get across the Mississippi River, but mm -hmm. nothing stopped them. But who mm -hmm. would have thought that the the lowly peanut was going <laughs> to take the place of cotton? You know, right? So right. Everybody else was trying to preserve cotton and Carver. He he knew something was there with the peanuts and mm -hmm. came up with over 300 uses for him. So that's right. Yeah. And thank God for the peanut. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, hey, I, thank, I, thank I'm God like, for bow they're the ones that forced, you know, exactly. That, that exactly. So. Absolutely. And so when we, when we look at the way that, that God has, um, has done things, you know, yeah. he'll, there, there's something that we have to let go of in order to advance too. And so if you look at some of the things that, you know, here it was, there was this plague, <laughs> Let, let's just say that yeah. there was, you know, the bolt weevil was like a plague that was eating and destroying everything in its path. Hmm. I think that sounds kind of familiar right now. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and there was nothing that they could do and so they were thinking that maybe the heat would kill it. So maybe the summer will kill it. Yeah, that didn't work. And so now they're like, oh, well, maybe the cold, maybe the cold will kill it. And they're like, yeah, well, that's not going to work either. But there has to be a shift and a change of something to, in order for, because once that changed, everything shifted. And when that shift happens, we can't go back to where we were. We just can't go back. And that's where I believe we're, we're coming is that we're, we're coming out of a place of um, the way we were a status quo to kingdom. Let's go. Absolutely. We talked about that earlier. How yes. The church has changed much. Uh, yes. You know, what's, what's going to change with that? We won't, I know we could talk forever about that, but there's, there's changes that are coming and good for God's kingdom. Well, what are, what are some of the things that God has been showing you? Well, um, one, one thing is that with um, the economy is that, um, it, and let me, let me say this, when I wrote this book, um, it was above my head. And I would have to, when I, I could barely 
get a paragraph out of times I'd have to stop and go to a nearby park and sit and pray, read my Bible. And each time I would ask the Lord to show or reveal something to me, he never failed when I was doing all this, putting it together. And um, so I, I remember when I, one thing in particular, because I realized that the great awakening was starting right here in Alabama. And I shared that with you early. Uh, that's been, had been prophesied for years that it was going to start in Alabama. And then it, it, it actually has, um, there's a, a pastor, Kent Maddox, who has a group called all in 2020. And he has gone to each County in Alabama, all 67. I prayed with the, the city leaders, the you know mayors, County commissioners, etc. And, um, then he has a church service and, uh, what he does is uh, he's, he's closing up the injustices of the generations that came before us. And he's dealing with things such as uh, slavery and uh, the illegal lynchings that, that happened on up until the early 1900s. Um, also uh, abortion, he's dealing with that, uh, the atrocities toward the Indians. But then also, uh, and he's, he's clearing the thicket and um, the name Alabama means to open or close the thicket. It's a Choctaw word. So even that was very prophetic when it was named, you know, centuries ago, uh, they gave it the name Alabama. But uh, when I realized that the the great awakening and I, and I knew that God wanted me to be a part of this um, for the life of me, I couldn't understand what the economy has to do with the great awakening because the Lord spoke to me about the economy. And uh, to me, uh, it, it was like putting up a, picture of a bicycle and a picture of a fish they just didn't go together the economy and the great awakening um and so when i would one of these times you know when i would go to the park and i was praying trying to understand and i you know writing this this book the george washington carver effect um i came back and and um i flipped on uh, tv and i was watching lance wall now um a lot of you may know know of him he absolutely nailed it for me um and i'll try to quote him it might not be verbatim but he said the economy is the most important thing that we can pray for it's the life source of influence to the rest of the world it's our message of freedom and hope and if our economy goes down then we go down and then people start screaming for socialism and totalitarianism if that happens the church is going to find itself in the darkest place it's ever been before and it'll be ineffective in their own community in the state, the nation, or across the world to be able to spread the gospel. So if we lose our economy, we lose everything. So that's why that's it's scary. so important. To, yeah, that's why it's so important that we remain uh, free enterprise, capitalism, things that open doors so that the gospel can go out, you know, throughout the rest of the world. Absolutely. And don't you believe that, um, you know, there are so many people who are like, oh, you know, the, that the, America's under judgment and, you know, blah, you know, I mean, I've heard, I've heard different, you know, voices who have said, Oh, blah, 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 you know? And, um, it's very interesting because the Lord really talked to me about intercessors and he started to talk to me about how Abraham was the first intercessor and how if Abraham was able to save his, his, um, cousin and his, um, mm -hmm. his cousin's family, Lord started talking to me about that whole thing. And I was like, well, he couldn't even find, you know, a hundred. He couldn't find 50. He couldn't find 10. And the Lord told me, he said, I would have stopped at one. Hmm. He goes, I would have stopped at one. And who was the one? 
it was his, his cousin. Yeah. But the Lord told me, he says, but, but then Abraham saw the, the, cause God is holy and he saw the unrighteous things that were being done. And so when he couldn't find at least 10, he came into agreement with what the enemy wants to do, which is kill and steal and destroy. Yeah. But God's heart is to redeem, restore. That's that is his heart. Redeem, restore, replenish, renew, revitalize. He's all about the re's, you know. I'm glad you brought that story up because it wasn't too long ago that um, I remember reading that story. And it in the Bible, you know, when it gives you a certain word in there or a scenario, and it was talking mm -hmm. about the heat, it was the heat of the day. Mm. And, and, it, and it, that jumped out at me. And I thought, well, what, what does being in the heat of the day have to do with it? And it's mm -hmm. how God begins to, he deals with things lots of times in our, uh, in the heat of the day, so to speak. Uh, it brings so things. When we're, when we're tired, when we're, when we feel the, it, we're just, we're exhausted or we're just frustrated because let me tell you something. I mean, you live in Alabama. So I'm just going to say this, that in Alabama, when it probably gets hot, especially because you got that Southern heat and you got that, that, you know, humidity and the heat of the day, you're not a happy person. That's science. <laughs> this, this morning, now get this morning, uh, I had to turn the heat on. And then by 11 o'clock, I had the window up to let, let a breeze in. So, I mean, you know, uh -huh. then the weather is just absolutely crazy. Yes. Yes. So what, so what else did the Lord say to you about that in the heat of the day? What, what revelation did you get about that? Well, if I can remember correctly, it had to do with, um, you know, it's kind of like when the Lord uh, struck Jacob in the hip, you know, mm -hmm. and you go, okay, well, why the hip? What does that represent? And actually one somebody laid it out for me one time the the hip that that section uh, of the leg is the strongest part of a man's body and um but you know you, you can squat more than you can bench press you know and you can deadlift which involves the hips that type of thing so god what god was saying in that particular thing not to jump over to this story to the other story but god was saying i'm gonna bless you but it's not gonna be in your own strength so he took his own strength away from him and then he gave him, he had to walk with a, uh, uh, with a limp. He had to, you know, lean on a cane. He says, I'm going to bless you, but you're going to have to lean on me the rest of life to receive mm -hmm. the blessing. Uh, and I, I shouldn't have brought up the story if I couldn't remember all the details about the heat, but I've got them written down somewhere. That's okay. And I just remember it was, uh, it was like, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, in a time that you really shouldn't pay attention or you wouldn't pay attention because of the, it's not comfortable, you know, at that moment, but that's the times when God many times will bring something to you and you really need to pay attention to what's going on. And, you know, so that's, uh, um, that's what I remember about the story. About that's the good. Day. No, that's very good. And, you know, when we, when we're looking at, at some of these, these things that are like right now where we are, where we're shifting and we're changing in, into something we're changing into something new, which I believe we're changing into something better. I really believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that, as I started to say with intercessors, you know, as we have been interceding 
for our country, as we've been interceding for government, as we've been interceding for righteousness, as we've been interceding for justice, we've been interceding for um, even for offices, you know, and placements, we've been interceding. So as the, you know, we have the bowl of iniquity that gets to a certain level, and then, and because um, I was listening to this uh, prophet, his name is Sadhu, and um, he was showing the scales. And he was showing that when the scales come out of whack, either one way or the other, that the Lord has to move because he is a God of justice, that they need to be equally balanced. And when something becomes becomes too filled. So what the Lord started to show me in 2018 is he started to show me the cup of, cup of iniquity. And I saw the scales. I literally saw the scales in a vision and I saw them. They were, they were like pinned. They were pinned on the bottom with iniquity. And I saw this like green goopy ickiness and, and it was just coming out of it. And it was, and the Lord was saying to me that, that the fear, the fear of the Lord was coming because it was going to balance the scales out. And he also showed me that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it starts to, as we, when, when the Lord was um, in the Old Testament, he was showing me how he hasn't changed, but the, but the children needed to be changed. So the children who are acting like babies needed to be treated like babies. And as they grew, he was able to then come and then to show them who he really was. But as a parent, as a good parent, we sometimes are tougher on infants, not infants, wrong word, um, but we're tougher on toddlers than we are on teenagers. Yeah. Because, because we know we have to protect them and care for them. And so that, that's what the Lord was showing me. So I really believe that, um, and because I do want to go back, because you, you talked about a dream in your book about that there have been people who've been in the caves, who've been hidden, who have been the ones who have been seeking his face, who have been praying, who have been the intercessors, right. who have been, and, and the Lord was showing that those particular people are going to be the ones who are going to emerge. And the Lord really talked to me about this, that he said that, um, that this, this virus was going to produce leaders. And he gave me like a really strong prophetic word and showed me how through that, the birthing, that there were people who were birthed during this time that are going to emerge on the scene. Well, when you brought up, uh, um, about that particular thing is um, my cousin, Kenny Hill, who's a pastor. Um, he was, I asked him, I said, one day when I was writing the book and I said, you know, Kenny, I said, who, who am I to have a word for the United States? I mean, who, I don't have a large platform uh, where I have thousands of people following me. I don't need, I'm not even a minister, you know, uh, it's in the, the legal sense of it. I'm not a minister. I don't have a church, that type of thing. And Kenny, Kenny uh, he said, well, let me tell you about a dream I had the other night. I think that'll answer your question. And um, he said that he, he dreamed that he was um, at some, um, it was a, not a concert, but um, where there was going to be some music and then a speaker, a well-known speaker, uh, Christian. And he was kind of standing off to the back of the stage. And this particular person, I think it was Bobby Connor is who it yep. was. And um, Kenny said um, that he was just standing there minding his own business. And 
that he saw a well-known um, uh, Christian singer come up and Bobby and and her were talking and, and he was saying, well, listen, if you'll do the, the music and then that I'll come on afterwards and speak and that type of thing. So they were kind of setting everything up. And then when she walked off, um, he looked over and he saw Kenny and he started motioning for Kenny to come over to him. And uh, he, he put his arm, he said, listen, brother, he said, I, I just felt, felt bad that uh, I need to give you my time today and let you speak. And um, my cousin Kenny said in the dream, he was like, uh, 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 you know, uh, he'd never spoken to a real large crowd like that before. So he didn't really know if he should do that. And uh, he said that while he was talking to Bobby about this, he said that the singer came back up and said, Bobby said, why would you, you want him to speak? Nobody knows who he is. And said, uh, boy, that, that Kenny said that made me mad. He goes, I'll tell you what, Bobby. He says, I'll speak. He said, I'll be glad to speak. So he spoke to the crowd and he said in the dream, he didn't remember uh, one word that he said to him. But when he got done and he walked off, he said, Bobby came over and was embracing him and just telling him how much that word meant to him and everything. And, and uh, so when Kenny woke up, he asked the Lord, you know, what does the dream mean? And the Lord basically told him, he said, I'm calling my no names, uh, those that have met with me in my secret place and have had counsel with me. And um, he said, I'm giving them these gifts to be able to, to, um, for this, for this time, you know, during the great awakening to give messages and to speak, speak to people. And, and it won't be well-known people. It'll be no names. And, and I felt like that's what I was saying is I'm, I'm a no name. Nobody knows who I am, you know? Um, so it just, and then Sid Roth, uh, my king told me that a couple of days later, Sid Roth had the same message about how God was going to begin to call no names to bring his, his message out to people. Um, so that made me feel a lot better uh, because really, through, I mean, wow. Like I said, it was above my, my head to write the book. And I go back and I go, uh, I didn't do that, did I? You know, it's hard to believe that I would do that. So, uh, no, I. I think that that's a that's such a right on word. Um, there's a, there's definitely some kind of a distortion going on. I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but um, anyway, um, that it's such a right on word, especially for um, what I what the Lord's been really showing me is that you know, look at if you look at the the people that God has used in the past, He um. He also has, um, he's chosen them, you know, and sometimes he chooses the no names and sometimes he, he says that God chooses the foolish to confound the wise, that, that he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. So, you know, there's a lot of things that have been happening, but there have been a lot of, um, of, of maybe bigger names who have forgotten their first love. You know, I think we're really in that that part in Revelations where it starts to say, you know, to the different churches, the letters to the churches, yeah. you know, to, uh, yeah, it does sound like crunching a plastic. <laughs> um, that's what it sounds like. It, it's, it sounds like crunching of plastic. I don't know where it's coming from, but, you know, it, I don't think it's coming from my, uh, from my mic, but well, let me just yeah, let's so see so here. So they know because we had a terrible storm here and and we lost uh, our power for three or four days, and we still don't have Wi-Fi. So uh, this phone, I'm having to do all this on phone signal alone, and that may be causing some of the distortion. Well, you know, it, it could be that. Um, it could, you know, 
unfortunately, you know, the powers that be <laughs> sometimes, you know, but God is bigger. God is bigger. And I'll just, I'll just speak a little, uh, I'll just speak a little bit uh, um, slower. That's what I'll probably do. Like a Southern, speak slow. I'll, I'll speak slow so that y'all can hear me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, when, um, okay, there's, there's definitely, there's an angel that just flew by. So hopefully, the, so we thank you, Lord, for connectivity. We thank you just for, um, that there is no more um, breakup. But um, we just thank you, Papa. For, for what you're doing. Yeah, God is bigger, Sonia. You got that right. So, um, yeah, because I, I can hear it. It is like crunching. <laughs> so, oh, it's so annoying. Um, but um, I was going to say that, um, you know, he uses all these. Um, he's going to be pulling people out. In, um, let's see if I can do this. Hold on one second, because this is really getting annoying. Hold on one second. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to do is this just for. Speak also, or just when you speak? Um, well, hold on. Okay, I I from you. So can you can you actually do you have earbuds? Pardon. Do you have like ear like ear things? Uh, I do. Can you please put them in? Yeah, grab them though, okay? Okay. Yep, no problem. Give me one second. Okay, no problem. Okay. So anyway, so one of the things that the Lord really talked to me about is because I think that he I'm just reverb from his uh, computer. <laughs> no. No, yeah. There's always something. Right? There's always something. More than that as I start to know. <laughs> that's okay. We're going to get rid of that crunching in Jesus name. That's what we're going to do. Heck yeah. But, um, one of the things that the Lord really has been uh, speaking to me about are that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to come forward and they're going to have exactly the word of the Lord and you're going to hear it. And you're not going to have to, um, you're not going to have to worry about trying to qualify it because the word itself is going to be qualified. You're going to feel the the presence of God. You're going to feel the the finger of God. You're going to just know that without a doubt that this is him and that this is exactly what um, what he's been saying. So, yeah. Um, yeah. He is from Alabama. He is from Alabama. How cool is that? You know, so let's see if that works a little bit. Let's Are you there? See. Yes, I am. Okay, let's hear you speak. Lisa? Yep. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear Try me? This again. Okay. So I definitely, that totally got rid of all of the, uh, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Wow. I don't know what I might have done. All right, hold on. Nope, that's okay. So what okay. I'm going to do... Um, let's see. Let's see. All right. Hold on a second. <laughs> ah, tell me when you can hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Rhett? Can you hear me? Hello. Testing. Okay. Hello. Yep. I can, I can hear you. I'll be. Can you see me? Can you see me? Let's see. 
Yes, he is from Alabama. Yeah, that just got rid of all that, that uh, crunching. See, there we go. So it is better, but now he can't. <laughs> now he can't see us or um, or hear me. So there you go. Let's see if I can get him to. Um, um, yep, you are. It's way hey, better, right? Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Frozen. Do you know how I could get it going oh. again? Oh, he's going to have to reboot him. So let's see. He's going to reboot him. Uh, I'm not sure which one she's using. Okay. Huh. Wait, let's is see. this on Zoom? It's a type of okay. Zoom. I'm thing. Gonna, uh, all right, hold on. I'm just going to do well, this really, really quick. Uh, your thing's frozen, so she knows if you want. I think she probably knows that. Right. I know. So <laughs> well, give me back to the screen. Okay, let's do that. And then let's see if he... Let me see if we can get him to, uh, let's see if he is able to reboot. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's always fun. Yes, thank God for young people. Thank God for his son. So, Lord, we just thank you. We just praise you because we were getting into some good stuff. But he's fun, right? Isn't this fun? He's been, he has been awesome. And so, um, okay, my screen is frozen. Okay, uh, just uh, uh, log off and oops, hold on a second, guys. And wonderful times. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's see what he says. All right. Okay. I think they just figured it out. So it's all good. Okay. <laughs> yep. There we go. So we're good. Let's see if he just comes back in and then we'll get him back on. Um, so, yes, I think that um, I think that the best is yet to come. I'm excited about how God is moving things and how he's doing things. I think that it's definitely going to be. Um, whew, we are expecting a time like we've just never. Yep. Here he comes. All right. OK. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a smart son. You have such a smart son. I Thank you. I should have done that. I should have sent you a private chat, but I didn't think you'd be able to see it. So I'm glad that that everything and look that your phones are working so that the the um the crunching is gone. <laughs> you know what, Rhett? The wow. crunching was like the bowl weevils. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never heard of them. That's probably what they sound like. They say, yeah, well, I heard, don't they make a crunching sound? I think. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I think that they make a, I think they make a uh, crunching sound. <laughs> hey, just in case, just in case we lose each other again or something. Yes. Um, they, some of the people may want to know where they can get the book. Yes. I was going to, I was going to do that. Go yes, ahead. It's, it's available through amazon.com. Mm -hmm. uh, it can also be ordered through just about any bookstore, including Barnes mm -hmm. and Noble. And uh, yes. it's, Thank God, excuse me, the, uh, the, the George, George Washington Carver, Carver effect. effect. Yeah, you know, the there name. you go. I and got you. I got you. Includes the novel. Thank God for Bo Weevils. And, That's uh, right. So it's two for the price of one. You actually get right. two books for the price of one. How right. about that? Let me say, Lisa, that uh, I had one warning that came up, said I was down to 20 percent on my phone. And that was oh, after well. I charged it up to about 90 percent. So. If it just blanks out again, then we know that my phone, my phone went out. Your so phone died. We've had some well, weird things happening here. So 
Well, but. no, the people who've been watching my show, they know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, seriously. Really? Oh, gosh. I, I have. Let me tell you something. I, I've been thrown off my show, like literally thrown off my show. Um, I think we, um, and um, I have been muted. Um, let's see. I've had uh, somebody who had to keep moving and going to different places because they couldn't. Um, the reception was really bad. And I mean, I, I've, I've had, I have stories. I'll just put it that way. Hey, let <laughs> let me tell you, I, I was doing a radio interview last week. Uh -huh. and I, I went to a church because I get a little bit better reception there out in the parking lot. And they were weed eating and they had their blowers out. And I promise you, they were, they were chasing me around. I went to four different places, four or five different places around that church. And as soon as I would mm -hmm. park here, they would come again. They were doing it on purpose. It's funny, but. Oh, uh, well, I got to tell you something, Rhett, because, um, I, I've, I have, a um, I have a spiritual son and, um, what was really interesting is every time I was trying to talk to him and, and, uh, just trying to encourage him and just, you know, speak some life into him and everything. Every time the, the weed whackers were coming around, I'm like, are you kidding me? They're back <laughs> and they were blowing. And he's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, I'm laughing. And he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I said, no, it's good. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I said, I do. Yeah. I said, because, you know, the enemy doesn't want revelation to come out, but the enemy doesn't want things to, uh, to be spoken because, you know, as, um, as we were, uh, discussing today, you know, Romans eight, it says that all of creation is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to arise. Well, what Amen. does that mean? It's, it's that they start to know who they are. That's the yeah. one thing that, okay. So what the Lord showed me, he, he started to show me cause he, he uses movies and things that I love. One of the things I loved is the wizard of Oz. And he started to show me in the wizard of Oz. What did the wicked witch want? She wanted what? those Ruby red slippers. Right. Right. And Glinda right. the good witch said, hold tight in them, dear. They must be very powerful or she wouldn't want them that badly. Yeah. And the Lord started to talk to me and he started to say, well, what do shoes represent? And he said, your shoes are your peace. If you don't have that peace, shoes also represents your authority. Oh, and if you look at the ruby red slippers, they were red. So mm -hmm. when we stand in shoes that are covered in the blood of Jesus, we now have not only our authority, we not only have our peace, but we now also have our power. Yeah. So they're powerful. They're, they're, so, and they, they are ours. But what does the enemy want us to do? He wants us to take off our shoes. Mm -hmm. That's all he wants us to do. Don't go in the shoes because if you go in the shoes, all these bad things are going to happen. No, no, he doesn't want us to go in our shoes. There's a reason he doesn't want us to go into our shoes. He doesn't want us to understand our identity. That's why there's been so much confusion. That's why a lot of churches don't talk about your identity. It's uh, because, we, you it's, know, we, we're, we're actually born uh, trying to find out who we are. That's right. You know, we, um, whether. And there we go again. <laughs> yeah. The thing. Nope.
There we go again. See? He does not want you to know your authority. He so does not want you to know your authority. Or, or my grandfather be <laughs> male, my grandfather, uh, the flow of life comes from the male to mm -hmm. his children and it gives them their, their sense of identity and sense of direction in life. And if that can be um, thwarted or messed up, um, then it, it brings about like, you know, that's why I was so confused uh, coming up. I did, you know, trying to find my identity. And I, I remember for a long time, it was uh, uh, my identity was being a football player. I was just kind of groping. It seemed like I was groping around in the dark, just trying to find myself where I was, you know, supposed to be. Who who was I? Uh, that type of thing. And but we know that our identity is found in Christ and Him alone. You know, not as a business professional or a football player or whatever. You know. Absolutely. That's exactly what it comes down to: is that our identity is in Jesus Christ alone. Right. Well, so, okay. So I just wanted to, um, I just kind of wanted to say like, was there anything because, you know, this has a lot of prophetic, um, and if you guys want to get this book, let me just tell you something. Like I said, you're getting two books in one, but what's really incredible is that th this really kind of talks about the great awakening and it, and it talks about, you know, what God is really, what, the specific role for each person is to play, which I think is so incredibly exciting yeah. because when you, when you know what you're supposed to do, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> this, right? this, this isn't God calling some to do it. This is God calling us, each one of us Come on. to be a part of it. Yeah. Come exactly. on. And that's exactly what I really feel. And that is so, because the great awakening is coming. I yeah. mean, there are, you know, there are letters in the alphabet that are talking about the great awakening. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying number 17 has been talking about the great awakening, but, um, um, when we, when we truly start to understand, like I said, you know, who we are and what we're called to do, that's when we could start moving in, in the fullness of what it is that we're supposed to do. But I just want to kind of backtrack and because we had a little bit of, um, some delay. I wanted to see like, what is the Lord showing you that is going to be moving in this next, um, in this next season? Because I do believe that the, that, that he has saved the best for last. That's yeah. what I believe. You know, uh, when people ask me that, and, and I'll just put it this way, the Lord would not have um, inspired me to write this book if we weren't going to go forward is the way I feel about it. And I'm talking about the election, talking about Donald Trump remaining our president. Um, and of course, I've been praying for all of that to happen. Um, and in a way, you know, kind of anxiously waiting for this to be over with. But I think that, that once everything settles down again after the election, and um, everybody gets back into place and the, with this virus is dealt with and we've got get business going again um, is things are going to really start popping um, and get back in order. And like I said, it's not that God wants a great, great economy. He wants, I think it's a supernatural economy. Uh, he wants each of us to begin to, to do our part in all of this, these things that, that happen. Um, and we're going to see a chain reaction of, of good fortune, just like the South saw back in the early 1900s. Um, as far as a just specific word about, you know, the Lord telling me, is Donald Trump going to win or we're going to take the house or anything? Uh, give me any specific words. But all I can say is I know that it was a reason he wanted me to release this book when I've released it. And it just doesn't make sense that we're going to go forward with with what God wants done if those things aren't put into place. Come on. Come on. 
That's it. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to go on the record as saying that um, there are a lot of businesses right now that are boarding up their buildings yeah. and that they're very concerned. Why are they concerned? Why are they concerned? Well, uh, there was uh, Sid Roth had a, a husband and wife guest on the other day. Mm -hmm. And both of them's name was Robin, mm -hmm. uh, the husband and the wife. And he was saying that the Lord was showing him that this election was going to be a, a red landslide. In yeah. other words, we would retain the Senate. We would gain yep. the House. And then Trump yep. would also be reelected. And yep. he said, you have to remember in a landslide, it takes a lot of debris with it. Mm, and, he's, and he's, yeah. And he said that uh, we're going to see things, uh, uh, some ugly things, uh, riding and that type of thing. He said, but just like the, the Red Sea swallowed up the Egyptians who were coming after God's people, that it's like all this uh, uh, thing is just going to be all of a sudden swallowed up and it'll be, we yep. won't have it anymore. And then yep. we can really, really get down to brass tacks and get some, some things done Come on. and furthering God's ecclesia. So I'm Come excited on. about it. I really I'm am. I'm 60 excited. years old. We're, you know, this is the most exciting time to be alive on planet Absolutely. Earth. Absolutely. It really is. And and if you think about it, I mean, Rhett, it says that we are here for such a time as this, for yep. such a time as this. We were yep. we were chosen to be here for this exciting time. Exactly. Like, come on. We pulled the right straw. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we did. We pulled the, the right straw that we were able to come down and to, to witness this, the greatest move of God on earth ever. Yep. That's what That's I keep right. seeing. And the funny thing about the, the, the Lord just recently brought me back and he started to talk to me about the Red Sea and how it parted. And I was like, wait a second, the Red Sea that it parted, you know, and that, that when we think about that Red Sea, it's oh, like yeah. where we are right now, that, that it's going to part, that it's going to make a way because when they, when the uh, Israelites left Egypt, they took everything with them. They didn't, they didn't leave anything behind. No, yeah, no, no, they were no, like, no. here, they, here, take it, 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 take whatever you want and take your God and get out of here. Yeah. That's what they said. And so yeah. when the Red Sea opened, okay, because remember, you had people who were chasing them down. You know, Pharaoh had a change of, of mind. But I really believe that the Lord unhardened his heart or hardened his heart because he was very upset that he lost his son. And right. that's when he was like, all right, just go, just take, just go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, his heart got hardened again. And when mm -hmm. his heart got hardened again, he became prideful. And so he said, let's go after them. And so that was it. He, they decided to go after him. And then as they went and the Red Sea is open for them to go through. And remember, there is a wall of fire. There is a wall of fire that is blocking and stopping the Egyptian army from going after the Israelites. And so everybody's able to cross through every mm -hmm. single person, even the feeble, even the young, even the old, they're able to cross through. And when the last Israelite put their foot onto the land is when the wall came down a fire so yeah. that they could come in and think that they could overtake and then the Lord consume them all. Right. It is. If we really look at that, isn't, isn't this where we are right now? Uh, it's, there's so many symbolisms oh there. Oh my um, gosh. Things that are, are, 
it's amazing and it's, it's very exciting. I am so, so excited. So let me ask you a question. Okay. So we talked about that. Anybody who wants to get your book can go to amazon.com. But I also wanted to say, like, if somebody's interested in finding you besides Facebook, how could they do that? Up, oh, and then there you go. <laughs> and then there you go. So if you guys are interested in getting this book, The George Washington Carver Effect, Much More Than Peanuts by my awesome guest, Rhett Barbary. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, you know, God's funny. It, well, I know it's not God, but I'm just saying timing is always good. <laughs> Anyway, you guys can go out, you can go to amazon.com and you can get your copy. You can, um, you can also, I'm trying to see uh, where Elsie said you can get it. No, you can get it on amazon.com. So you definitely want to go. Um, you can also Google Rhett Barbary. Thank God because he has his uh, first novel. Thank God for the bull evils. But as I said, in this particular book, he has both books. So two <laughs> for the price of one. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, it has been a very interesting, interesting touch by prayer. I'm so excited that you guys are able to join me on this Monday, this special day. Remember to go out, go out and vote. Make sure that you make your voices known. Um, if you follow me on Crown Chats, I'll be in tomorrow morning. I have uh, I have something that God's been stirring around in my spirit. So I'll definitely be uh, sharing that with you guys as well. Just remember, go out, vote. Pray for our president. Pray for our country. The best is yet to come. Don't forget, guys, go out and touch someone. God bless and good night.